0: I didn't have enough of a stage background resume, and there was the stage of the improv. So I, uh, that's how I became a stand-up comic. One of the best things that I ever did in my life. You're listening to the MILF Podcast. This is the show where we talk about motherhood and sexuality with amazing women with fascinating stories to share on the joys of being a MILF. Now here's your host, the milfiest milf I know, Jennifer Tracy.
1: Hey guys, welcome back to the show. I'm Jennifer Tracy, your host. This is MILF Podcast, the show where we talk about motherhood, entrepreneurship, sexuality, and everything in between. Today in the show, we have Joanne Astro, who is Claudia Lano's mother. So Claudia was on the show in episode 25 about a month ago. Claudia is a very successful TV writer, actress, amazing woman. I've known Claudia for two decades and I've always looked up to her. And when Claudia's episode came out, her mom listened and her mom emailed me and said, hey, I'd like to be on the show. And I was like, oh my God, yes, of course. So, uh, I went to her house and we had a great talk and, uh, (laughs) she is such a baller, like, okay. So if you haven't gone to my website to download seven habits of baller MILFs, go ahead and do that because it's something I wrote based on all these interviews that I've done so far with these MILFs who are just ballers in different areas. Some are baller bloggers, some are baller novelists, some are actresses, some are uh, entrepreneurs, some are businesswomen, some are doctors. I mean, just all different and they all have similar habits. But anyway, uh, and, <laughs> and so I go in her, ap- in her apartment that she lives in with her husband and she, no, this woman was born in the late, in the 30s, in the 1930s. So just to give you some idea. And just spunky is all get out. I mean, just literally, Claudia calls her the greatest of all time, and she really is. So we sit down, and I start setting up my recording equipment, and I look, and there's like a bronze, it's like a clay bronze-colored dick on the coffee table. I'm like, Joanne, what's going on here? And so she explains to me that... She and her husband wrote and produced this play. In the play, one of the characters, his wish is to, when he's cremated, have his cremains presented in the shape of a dick. Anyway, it's hilarious. And that was my introduction to Joanne. (laughs) And it really set the precedent for the rest of our conversation, which was so entertaining. Her life is fascinating, her story. I thoroughly enjoyed myself. I hope you guys do as well. And here you go. Enjoy my conversation with Joanne Astro. Hi Joanne. Hi Jennifer. Thank you so much for being on the show.
0: I am really excited and really pleased to be here.
1: I was so thrilled when when I got the email that you wanted to come on the show.
0: Well, I was so impressed with your interviewing skills. Oh, thank you. Because I know your subject very well.
2: Yes, you do.
0: Having given birth to her. Yes,
2: yes.
0: (laughs) And it really captured who Claudia is. Yeah. Really. Yeah. And and very, very lovely. Mm, So that's why I asked. Well, I'm so
1: glad we're here. So let's start with you. Let's start from the beginning. Where where are you from originally? I was
0: born in Brooklyn. Okay. uh, And raised in Brooklyn. And I uh, had a very chaotically but supportive childhood. I was born June twenty fourth, nineteen thirty eight. Okay, and it was uh, the primary family was my mother's family. They she was one of six siblings, and they were a very close knit family. So they. Um, All supported each other during the Depression. They lived together, and uh, they really were tight. Mm. And uh, also, they were a family of storytellers. Ah, okay. So that is the history of their—not professionally, but it was a tradition of the family of storytelling— Talking in accents, uh, jokes. Uh, it, we weren't um, athletes. We weren't musicians, but we were storytellers. Uh, wow!
1: So, were there any professional actors that came out of that? Other, I mean, before you, before you. Well,
0: on my father's side, actually, mm-hmm. uh, I had a cousin who was older than I was because of that. Was four children, and you know, of uh, uh siblings that were uh, varying ages, and she was in. Uh, actually, she and her sister were in uh, the Zigfield Follies. Oh, wow! And Freddie, who was Fritzy and then became Freddie, was also at one point in her life Otto Preminger's. Mistress, oh wow! So they were very glamorous. They weren't rich. They and my because my they certainly weren't rich because they were all first generation. My father was actually born in Russia and came to this country at two years of age, and he was the youngest of the four siblings. Uh-huh. And uh, but my mother's uh, everyone was born. All the brothers and sisters were born in America, but. Their parents were Hungarian and Austrian. Sure, but it was all first generation. It was all, you know, that period of time. But uh, so, Freddie Fritzy was very glamorous to to me. And this uh, is your aunt. Well, she was my older cousin. Your older cousin, yes, and my first cousin, but older. Mm -hmm. You know, she was, and we would have these huge. events for the holidays and, uh, the Jewish holidays and, um, just that she was there and, you know, yeah. And, but the storytelling came from my mother's side of the family. The, okay. uh, and, um, it worked for me. Yeah.
1: So when did you, when did you sort of decide, uh, in Claudia's episode, and and my listeners will hopefully remember this, but she said that there was a time where she was in the apartment that you guys lived in, I think in Little Italy, and there were other little kids there. And she knew that she wanted to be in show business. She wanted to be an actress. And she was, asked, she was five years old asking them, what do you want to be when you grow up? They were like, I don't know. She's like, what do you mean you don't know? The clock's ticking. Like, you got to know. You got to know. You got to get on the stick here. So were you like that as well? Did you know at a young age that you wanted to be an entertainer? Yes,
0: and because I have this uh, history of storytelling and also an incredible memory, I can remember Mrs. McPartland in the first grade at P.S. 199 assigned us all, the first graders, to recite a nursery rhyme. That was our homework, and we took and do it the next day, wow. whatever. And ev- the kids, everyone, and then it was my turn, and I recited Jack and Jill went up the hill in a way that got <laughs> literally did get applause. <laughs> That's amazing. He was, and I, and Mrs. McPartland was very turned on by this achievement and proud and validating, and I can remember knowing that I was going to uh, get more of this validation and experience of standing up and performing, and I knew, and I I. I knew it. Yeah. I was voted best actress when I graduated uh, high school. I was, you know, in the plays. I was not supported by my family in doing this. Uh, So...
1: um, Was that because they were afraid that you would be... I mean, my family was afraid that I would be, uh, like, homeless and poor. (laughs) That was the fear when I told them I was going to be an actress. Yes. Homeless
0: and poor and... My mother was sure also a whore, I would be.
1: <laughs> Were those her words? <laughs> what did she say to you?
0: Well, the first thing she came to see me in, when, because I rebelled, was I play, was the role I was playing was of a mistress of this.
1: <laughs> Perfect.
0: And she did comment, told you so. <laughs> <laughs> it was all fine and good the, the the complicated thing about families where this happens is that in school in in you know public school and, and i was and, and uh, when i graduated uh, middle school uh to, before i went to high school i was the valedictorian i the greeter of you know um valedictorian so she was very proud that those it was all worked until the discussion of it being a career came up. <laughs> and then it was, no, no. That,
1: what did she want you to do instead?
0: Well, this was, uh, I graduated in 1954. And our family had a sadness. Um, The year that I was born, I have a brother who I'm very close to, to this day, who's three years older than I am. But the year that I was born, my father was told that he had diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. Mm. And he was a very artistically successful florist and really at the top level of earnings I mean, he literally did support a lot of the people, my brothers, you know, her, my uncles and aunts during the depression because wow. he was working for the Vanderbilts and the Astors and the. Right. Uh, so things fell on hard times, and we were raised on welfare and the kindness of our uh, my mother's family, and so what was really suggested strongly, and it was being done, is that I marry someone of, would be good if it was
1: someone of means. L- like, as in an arranged marriage? Or no. Or just, just find an, a wealthy yes, man? Yes. Okay. Just,
0: I, I, and I, I'm always been very good at um, labeling things. I understood that I was in the marriage business now. Right. And I always, the jobs that I always got were receptionists. Everything was always in the front of the house because of this performing ability. And, you know, this, uh, I met a young guy who was five years older than, uh, myself. And I, he, it worked for him because his family were wealthy, uh, Jewish manufacturers of, of dress manufacturers, father was, and they had come from nothing, but now they were very wealthy, but they were socialists. So I was the perfect choice because I was Eliza Doolittle. Wow. The waif who they, you know, and right. he was an only child uh, also. So uh, his mom had never had a, uh, you know, a daughter. Uh, that worked for her, and yeah. um, we, but it wasn't the life that I was meant to live. Yeah. And he he is Claudia's father, David Rappaport, and he is also the father of Michael Rappaport, mm. uh, uh, his, who I helped raise and managed into uh, stardom. <laughs> so, um that's how I got married, Could everybody got married. Sure. That was what we did. And um, and then the women's movement. Claudia was born, and uh, soon after that, the women's, the force of it, you know, Gloria Steinem and, and Betty Friedam and, and I was uh, uh, living in Queens with my mother across the street and my brother and sister-in-law, you know, we were all in the same apartment complex and they had kids and Mm. other friends. And I would get into bed at night next to David and I would close my eyes and uh, I would say, and David died. (laughs) 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 And then I figured out, a very lovely death for him that wasn't painful. And the next scene, I would be in Greenwich Village.
1: <laughs> so wait a minute, wait a minute. You were basically telling yourself a bedtime story yes. that was your own fantasy. Yes. Did yes. it change every night? Well, pretty much. But basically, <laughs> David
0: he died, died somehow, in, and, you moved and, to and I was in Greenwich Village becoming an actress. <laughs> And and but but so I, I I also had a a lot of um, there was a, I had a lot of power in the marriage because the next thing I did was say, David, this is not working. Uh, let's go back and live in New York. Now that oh. worked for him because that he was raised on eighty sixth and Riverside Drive and. He went to Bard College and he, you know, uh, so now we're back and living on on the Upper East Side on York Avenue in 86th. And now I'm in group therapy because his family were, they were all in group, in therapy. Together? Well, no, no. no, no, no. (laughs)
1: Okay, okay. They just, they each
0: went to their own. Well, yes, but, um, you know, again, Rich, Socialists who were ahead of their time, that yeah. being in therapy yeah. it was and we I had had a history of therapy in our family because my um again interesting and those things that happened to us in life, my mother
2: did not take well to poverty and and she was
0: enough so that she would get into uh, rages and then depression and then rages, enough so that she had a history of uh, being institutionalized and shock therapy. Mm-hmm. And, and then But she had this wonderful family who would circle the wagons and take care of uh, my mm-hmm. brother and I, and, and then she would be fine. And she was very, very theatrical. You know, so uh, idea of therapy was something. I She had a therapist, then my brother went to him, and then I went to him also, and I went to him because I also understood and felt I needed to talk to uh, Dr. Lepofsky. Maybe it wasn't a good thing that I, I, this is before I left David, right before I was going to marry him, not a good thing that I was making out with all of his friends. (laughs)
1: Mm. <laughs> and What did Dr. Lepowski say
0: to that? Dr. Lepowski, who knew my mother very well, <laughs> he said, interesting. <laughs> you marry him. You get out of there and you marry him. Wow. It'll all work itself out. But don't you stay here. So <laughs> based on what he said, I did uh I said, Okay, you think it'll work he said Believe me. Wait, don't stay here, what? Don't stay in therapy? Don't stay with your mother. Don't oh, stay oh, 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 uh, oh. here in Brooklyn. Don't take an opportunity to get out of this life and to uh, expand yourself.
1: And now, in hindsight, what do you think about that advice? I think it, uh, it saved me. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a ticket for you.
0: Yes. And then I got, then I was now I'm uh, got married, and now we're back where we were in Queens. Blah, 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 blah. Uh-huh. Now we're back in New York, and I'm okay. in group therapy. And again, I have always taken a uh, rebellious course, <laughs> <laughs> perhaps characterless. I don't know. But now I'm having an affair with someone in group, and I. <laughs> Now it's time to leave David, (laughs) not and and I did, and I went to become an actress, and that's how Claudia as a, so she she tells it brilliantly because she was three, but I presented it, and we are on an adventure. We are we're artists now. We're on an adventure. And it worked for her. It really, it really, it really worked for her. It it did um, because uh, she didn't feel uh, abandoned. And David was, uh, 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 to this day, uh, David, he was never not a responsible Mm. man. You know, he, Mm. uh, he just was an only child. And also he had a vision of what women you know, he wasn't interested in me.
1: Oh, boy. We could, we could go off on that <laughs> for hours. Like, I, that's something I'm learning now, too. Like, that is very common, I think, just in our society, even now. Yes, yeah. Where it's like, and I played into that so much, I think, with my in my childhood and then my marriage. I played the role of the living doll. And then I woke up after I had my baby and it was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> you know? Right. And I love that vision of you having going to bed <laughs> saying, and then David died. Like, I can't tell you how many women, girlfriends who are now divorced or separated have said that. And then they said, oh, I feel terrible for thinking that. But it's just they, it wasn't really that they wanted their husband to die. It's just that they wanted out. Yes. And they, because they weren't, being
0: supported in their own, you know, needs and desires. And it was all hurtful to David beyond and uh, mystifying. Yeah. Uh, Not enough so that within a short time he didn't um, marry again and have two children. And um, actually, I love this. Uh, That's the kind of person I am right now at this moment in time when mark and i uh, go uh to new york we uh and we often go to new york we always see david and the three of us are in love with each other
1: oh i love that it really i love that
0: it really is the truth oh. it really uh it all got to be water under that bridge and uh and it, that's lovely. Mm. Yes. And uh, so good, good for us. Uh, but now I'm an actress and I'm living uh, my dream.
1: So you
0: moved to Little Italy. Yes, to McDougal Street, 52 okay. McDougal Street. Wow. And uh, I don't know. I don't think Claudia mentioned it, but she, talk about the times also, no uh, real sense of there being daycare. Right. So the first, and I needed to work because uh, David was angry enough and I was guilty enough so that the alimony and child support was uh, a penny and a half and I needed to work and okay. So the first daycare thing she sent her, she went to was a Catholic school. Wow. And she... (laughs) Was the little Jewish girl oh my and gosh. Sister Lucy and the Catholic school and but they you know she she was got an education and was sure. taken care of and uh, and then she did go to a Montessori school that was so so she, but she always had a enough foundation yeah you know uh, uh, so that uh, she could continue her studies to become a great actress. Yes. Which is what yes.
1: her uh, Well so now how were you supporting yourself? Were you waiting tables? Were you I was
0: waiting tables and badly, very disastrously bad. In what very. way? Tell me,
1: tell me I one just example. Have
0: no skill uh <laughs> they, <laughs> <laughs> <No> skill. <laughs> they uh, asked me please stop Go back. Will you will let you stand in front of the be the hostess? So I was, and then I, I whatever jobs I could get, I was somehow got to be a teacher at an airline school. I was teaching um manners to <laughs> you know
1: <laughs> <laughs> so great
0: and um mm. studying acting at HB Studio which oh wow
1: wow mm. and how old were you at this time you must have been in your twenties
0: I'm always afraid I have this joke uh with that I share I can't say exactly the years exactly because uh, Claudia has promised me if I reveal any too much details about the year, <laughs> she will shorten my already shortening <laughs> life. <laughs> but it was, it was the 60s. It was the, and it was the, uh, it was thrilling. It yeah. was exactly what I wanted to be doing. And the, the school, there's a very wonderful acting school there to this day, you know, and and they were again built on a lot of principles of the new socialism and then roosevelt's new you know uh, the new deal so every spring and fall the students uh, were volunteered they they were volunteered to refurbish the whole uh, uh, studio they would paint and we would pa- we would paint and uh, and I had just gotten there, and uh, the first day that I, when there was spring cleaning, I think it was, or maybe four, I met three men, and I, one of them was, and again, I began an interlude with all of them, because (laughs) I felt that... At the same time? Yes, but not together. Right, 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 right. And um, because I felt this was a sexual revolution. You know, I mean, I was really, uh, it worked for me, just as I say. And But the two other men didn't, uh, in fact, I just saw one of them at a Christmas party. (laughs) Yes. He (laughs) he went on to become a very successful television writer, uh, Mm -hmm. Jeremy Stevens. uh, And Mark Lano, he... Valued and was seeking a uh, partnership with, and uh, with someone he loved. Mm. He wanted that. He just in, in, intrinsically—it's mm. who he is. So when he when we met, uh, it for him it was—he um, wasn't overwhelmed by the of uh, the responsibility of ha- of having a child mm. he um actually it was part of what made it everything so attractive mm. i mean he was very anxious but not at, so, i mean claudia you know claudia was the flower girl
2: Aww. at
0: our wedding our 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 uh, uh, wedding which on February ninth of this year, or a yes, couple of days, yeah. Mark and I will be married fifty years. Wow!
1: Congratulations, <laughs> Thank that's you. something.
0: Yes, and 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 uh, Claudia, <laughs> shoot, we got. We, I borrowed my girlfriend's white, you know, beautiful uh, wedding dress, and Mark was in a Nehru tux, Aww. and uh, and Claudia was. And okay, so she started down the aisle and uh, Mark, you know, was up at the a temple on University Place, but one petal <laughs>
2: <laughs> at a
0: time, one petal. <laughs> and so Mark had to say to my sister-in-law, who was the major of honor. <laughs> go get her
2: go get her <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> move so it along cute. like it, oh
0: and then we uh, it, it was happened to be an incredible dramatic day because it was biggest blizzard that had hit new york city since 1851 oh my god <laughs> and this was 1969 wow and we, but we did, we had a wonderful luncheon at, uh, at, at all our friends who could make it because the yes. uh, and relatives, and then we get home and it's, you know, morning luncheon, so now we're back at, uh, at the apartment, 52 McDougal, and Mark says uh, to Claudia, Mark had been living, we'd been living, in town, but Mark said in a voice that she, she kind of knew, because uh-huh. she was five, you know, uh-huh. He said, Claudia, it's time for you. It's been a long day. It's time for you to go to bed now. And Claudia looked at me, and she motioned me over. that I should come over, and I bent down, and she whispered in my ear, is he the boss now?
1: Uh, (laughs) No, she didn't. That is so her.
0: Yes. And uh. I went, mm. <laughs> <laughs> looks like. <laughs> but uh, she just so close and oh. he took such responsibility. Uh, and she was in showbiz. Yes. The three of us. Yes. She ran the lights when we did uh, improv. She did? Yes. She ran the lights. She was Ten, twelve. Years. Oh my gosh! Yeah, and then he got a television series, and we came to uh, California. Right. She was not happy coming. You know, uh, how old is your child? He's nine and a half. Well, she was uh, fourteen. Start, but he's starting now also to get. Oh yeah. Uh, know what he sassy who he is and yes. uh, oh yeah. Well, she was going to the high school of music and art and uh getting up every morning at six thirty and uh traveling uh to harlem and there was no choice mark out a television series yeah. so we we moved uh across the street from beverly hills high because she didn't drive nor did i i had there was no reason for me to know how to drive because we didn't have money for a car right uh and, but we moved across the street from Beverly Hills High into a one-bedroom apartment. She got the bedroom. Claudia always got the bedroom. And we slept on the floor. No of, way. A, on a futon. Futon. We, to show you how frightened we were for her. <laughs> just <laughs> to make. And I am walking her. She's been in camp, and now I'm walking her uh, to uh, register and she's angry at me as only a teenager can be angry. Yeah. And as we're but she is looking at a pink building and <laughs> you know, I mean, she could, the only thing she could come up with as we walked into the school was do they have to have so many goddamn
1: flowers? <laughs> 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 As if the flowers were just there to spite her. Yes,
0: exactly. That is so funny. Exactly. And then she got into the drama department and she loved it. It was wonderful. It was special. It really was special. And then she got Knott's Landing. Yeah. And and, um, then I, the transition was hardest on me. Because I had a successful by that time, I had a successful uh commercial career in New York. Uh. I would play uh I was in my thirties, so I would play Midwestern housewives, yeah, and I was doing very well. And the only culturally, the weird thing, when we got to California and i and I started to go out for commercials here. I could not get arrested because in California I was too Jewish. Wow. But not Jewish enough. I wasn't a caricature. Uh. I wasn't, you know, doing something. So I didn't, I was not happy. And Mm. Claudia was in school and very happy by that time. And then the adventure of Knott's Landy began, and I had responsibilities um, to make sure she got there because she was underage, but even though they had teacher on stage. And by that time, Mark had also, he'd been acting, but he also became a partner uh, of Bud Friedman's in the improv. Right, And he's, it's the 1980s, knows anything about comedy. Uh, the 1980s it's like you woke up new year's day in 1980 and an entire country has fallen in love with you Mm. the boom of comedy yeah and the improv was the epicenter and the comedy store and uh So he was, you know, not only was it exciting and wonderful, but he was working, building the club. Yeah. You know, Uh, so that's why I became a stand-up comic, because if I didn't do that, I, I didn't have something to...
1: You didn't fit into a box, basically. I didn't,
0: right. I was a little bit too old for the uh, television beginning and I wasn't getting commercials and uh, I didn't have enough of a stage background uh, resume and then there and there was the stage of the improv yeah so I uh, that's how I became a stand-up comic Uh, and best thing one of the best things that uh, I
1: ever did in my life I really, wow. and did you did you study to be a stand-up, or did you just start writing sets and going for it? Mark and I and Henry Winkler and Mark Flanagan
0: and other had an improv group in okay. New York, mm-hmm. so standing up in front of an audience and improvising was, Something that I had done, and the reason that we got connected to the improv is that now we were a, a, a trio, myself, Mark, and another guy, mm-hmm. uh, and we were invited and accepted into the rotation of the New York Improv, and got, we were now in the world of stand-up. Right and our friends were all stand up comedians and uh and so i did some formal training but i did have an idea of uh having just watched it and uh, so much and done something you know solo uh yeah. like it but doing it solo is
1: very so very different.
0: different yeah, than being part of a group. Oh, yeah. It it really... Is. Yeah.
1: I took a stand-up class. I have a lot of improv um, training myself. And I thought, oh, I'm going to do stand-ups before my son was born. So I took a stand-up class and I was a little bit... I was a little bit cocky because I had done a lot of sketch. I had done a lot of improv. Oh, boy, did I tank. I just was... I was terrible at it. I couldn't... I was like, why aren't they laughing? Why aren't they... And it was just because I... You know, when you're Im- improvising with someone, you can yes and off of what they're doing. And you're, it's a team, it's a push, a pull. It's a, but when you're just standing up there by yourself, my God, I mean, so my hat is off to you because I just, I I didn't go back to it.
0: Well, the first time I did it, I didn't do it at the improv. We went to a small club. Yeah. Uh, the <laughs> club owner said to Mark, do you know that your wife is psychotic? <laughs> What do you mean? I was, <laughs> <laughs> I was... You were so I'm, nervous. I was so nervous and so... <laughs> and, but I, the thing that I had going for me is that it was this or nothing. Yeah. And I wasn't choosing nothing. Yeah. So I kept getting up. And getting a little bit better, and then and and it wasn't a natural stand up, it wasn't my first choice. But so you would say that I had the history of Joan Rivers mm-hmm. in my uh performance, and uh, I had I have a wonderful friendship to this day with Elaine Boozler, so I really learned, you know, and, and um, Ellen DeGeneres, so that I really, and then I got a manager, because again, in the 80s, you know, there weren't many women doing it, and sure. I was, I mean, I was Mark's wife at the, yeah. at the improv, so she started to get me road work, and there was road work to be gotten, you wow. know, uh, and um I stopped then I kind of ha- I had an opening act. Yeah. You know I did have enough time yeah. on in an opening act my first and so my f- first out of town gig is a funny story. I'm booked in Dallas, Texas. And I've never done this. I mean I'm a traveler and yeah. but I now I'm going there and I'm by myself and uh and uh, I'm really <laughs> overwhelmed. Like I kept saying to myself, "I talk to myself a lot." Uh,
1: I do too. <laughs> yes.
0: Okay. You're, yeah. I'm a rich man's wife. <laughs> I don't have to do this. I'm a rich. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get on stage, not one laugh. Oh my god! Polite and maybe. Uh, just (laughs) stared, and I get off stage, I introduce the middle act, and I get off, and then I I get on just to introduce the headliner, and I'm sitting at the bar, and I'm expecting to be sent home, and the manager of the club, uh, who is 25, uh, quite a bit younger than I, because I was close to 40 at that point, if not, uh, whose name was Billy Bob it had to be, came over and said, what's the matter, ma'am, you look so sad. And I said, come on, Billy Bob, you saw, no one laughed. And he said, it's going to be all right. You got to think about it this way. You knew in Dallas, you're getting used to our stage, and you're a 40-year-old New York divorcee who's Jewish, you're in Dallas, you're lucky you're alive. <laughs> <laughs> he had such a great sense of humor. <laughs>
2: That's fantastic. Yes, he
0: said, you're not going home. And by the end of the by by the end of the week, and this is, and how I would open the act was I would now I learned on the road, I would get on the stage and I knew it also because I was you know, uh, 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 so exotic to them. Uh, sure. The, the, I said, you know, I'm I'm not from here, and I'm I'm from New York originally, and I'm just so glad to be here. I I wonder if you would make me feel at home. And uh, at the count of three, <laughs> would you all yell "Fuck you, Joanne"?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: That made and them roar. I
0: broke the ice. They weren't afraid I was going to be the school marm, yes, you know. Yes, yes, uh, yes. So I did it for 12 years. Wow. Yeah. And I did The Tonight Show and Merv Griffin and, you know, uh, all the shows. Oh my gosh. Mm. I didn't have enough vision of the headlining, it just wasn't who I was at the time. So I stopped doing it. I didn't, I became a headliner, but I stopped doing, it and I started to manage. Mm. Because I did have a knowledge that I had a, something to offer Yeah, in management, um, which I enjoyed. I did that for uh, almost 20 years, and enjoyed, you know, very much uh, doing it. You managed comics only? Uh Yes they somehow you know uh it's a, it became uh some like I managed Andrea Abbott uh who is a dear friend of Claudia's mm-hmm. but uh she became a writer so there was and then uh I managed uh Nisi Nash oh wow! Doug Stanhope uh, and Kathleen Madigan John Bowman and Lewis Black, I mean, I had a wow. very good eye for talent, yeah a very uh, and I had a very good relationship with uh, um APA, okay, And so I had the structure that was really necessary uh, right. for that business. and uh, uh, until it was it was good. It was fun. It was really um. A very successful, and then Mark became my partner because um, they, he and Bud sold most of the improv, and he didn't have to run the club anymore. Oh,
1: that's nice. Yes, that's got to be a heck of a job.
0: Well, he was made to do it. He really, uh, and it became our home. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, he uh, had a skill of that type of business. The Stressfulness because he was an athlete as um, a young man, that the running and doing and, and you know, yeah. uh, was just a part of his uh nature, you yes. know, uh, yes, his personality, um, and his physical ability, yeah, uh, uh, yes. But we had a good, we that was good, um, and yeah, there was it was. Exciting and good, uh, and hard. I mean, yeah. There was not, it wasn't all, uh, uh, you know, uh, fun. The management business is difficult because, um, managers and uh, clients outgrow each other, sure, and uh, often like. A story I tell, which is one of our favorites, Niecy Nash. After she did uh, Reno Nine One One, she started to uh, really get known and popular. And we had been managing her uh, for about three or four years, and she invited us to lunch at course, the street from the club. Was uh, not the Red O, but it was another Something restaurant. Else, and yeah. yes.
1: It's constantly changing. I don't exactly. know what it is now. Yeah. Exactly.
0: No clothes. No, didn't make that's it. Right. We sat down and ordered lunch. And Nisi said, Malcolm Joyne, Nisi Nash would like to thank you for the hard work and the good work you did. But uh, Nisi Nash is moving on now.
2: She (laughs) She talked about
1: herself (laughs) in the third person. (laughs) I am totally stealing that Nisi Nash. I'm going to use that. (laughs) That is is amazing. amazing. (laughs) Did it take you both a minute to figure out? Oh, (laughs) we were (laughs) like.
0: And off she went. Uh, The same. I mean. The, the the same thing with, do you know the, Doug Stanhope's work? It sounds really familiar, yeah. He's got a special on Netflix. He's okay. brilliant. He really is. Uh, um, but he's, uh, he has a cult. He's oh. very, very well-known. Uh-huh. And he also uh, uh, fired us. He wasn't feeling that he got enough attention. Mm. And four or five years later, I, we were at the Montreal Comedy Festival, and he was there. And (laughs) he came over, Just I was just by myself, he came over to me and he got down on his hands and knees and said, you are the nicest person I've ever met in show business. I don't want you to manage me again. (laughs) And we laughed. (laughs) But he's very, so, and then we you know uh, we had uh not happy feelings about Louis Black which we mm. wish we did but mm. no
1: so you so then that dissolved at some point and then um well there's one there's one story i really wanted you to tell if you felt comfortable telling it and that was something that claudia told me about your pre-Roe v. Wade experience. Oh, yes. Would you mind sharing that?
0: Yes. I'll show you the, a lovely, uh, actually, picture. Okay. Because I just got the book uh, from the organization that, and this was. Uh, oh,
1: wow. Isn't that a great picture <gasps> of amazing. us? That's amazing. Yeah. I'm going to have to take a picture of that. Yeah. And post it on my. That's amazing. Okay. Yes. So you did this thing called Shout Your Abortion?
0: Yes. Is an organization that this is a great book actually beautiful. Uh, Yeah, uh, uh, we did an interview together for the book, but then I did I told uh, the story at the um, uh, the club at the uh, by myself Uh the for a benefit that we did. I see. Well, we're back to uh, nineteen sixty seven. Okay. I've now I've I am in love with Mark Lano, the man I'm married to, Sue, 50 years. And uh, I've now it's December and I've missed a period. And I'm we're not being irresponsible, but I don't know him well enough and i had gone to a doctor because my the gynecologist that um <clears throat> delivered claudia and and he had said oh yeah nothing nothing big deal but hey uh, you, you don't have to worry about getting pregnant the doctor
1: uh, oh wow
0: and uh Okay. Well, now I've skipped a period,
1: and what did he mean? You don't have to worry about getting pregnant.
0: Uh, the infection will
1: kill I see, all I the. See, I uh, see.
2: <clears throat>
1: so I, but you weren't married to Mark yet. You no, were just dating.
0: Okay, I, I, we didn't know each other you for did. a very okay. long time. Okay,
1: that, and that's why
0: I didn't share it with him because right. I didn't really know him right. and didn't know. You know, and no one at this point, except my brother, in both families, David Rappaport's family, and in which he had nothing to do with this except that it was going to be another, and my family, everyone was very angry that I had done this rebellious act of being on my own and uh, with an 18 you know with a b- 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 child mm-hmm. who is now and I panic mm. i panic cuz i don't have any money right i don't know any uh You know, I can't go to Puerto Rico. I have no money. I don't even have any money for a uh, a doctor in a back alley. I don't know anybody, and I don't, you know. uh, So I panic and I stop sleeping, and I'm uh, uh, Claudia. Happened to be spending uh, time at David's. That uh, you know, for that period of time, and and in my family, because of my mother's mental uh history when things <laughs> it's funny how you learn from your parents and from your culture when things got too difficult sh- you go uh, uh, to a mental institution mm. and she because she was an incredible character she called it a loony bin <laughs> <laughs> so I called my brother I had not slept for three nights mm. and he got on the phone I said Herb Herb, Joanne, come. I've, I've flipped out. He says, what? You've stepped out? No, flipped out. <laughs> going to the loony bin. I'm pregnant. I, I can't tell Mark because I, I don't know, you know. Come get me. I'm going. And, you know, when you get very, I don't know if you've had panic disorder or panic or oh, catastrophizing, yeah. you start to talk very quickly, especially yes. if you haven't been sleeping. Right. Come on, get me. Right. And he says, okay, be right there. Turns to his wife. They're still our best friends. I mean, uh, Joanne's going to the mental institution. Let's get in the car and uh, go get her. Now, it happened. I was living in Greenwich Village. Two blocks west of us was uh, St. Vincent's. Mm -hmm. I was in the wrong zone. My brother, my sister-in-law, and I had to drive all the way out to Central Iceland, and I can't stop talking because I'm so anxious and I get get there, and uh, you know (laughs) if we get there, and it's uh, over Christmas, so there are many uh, people who have drunk alcohols, alcohol. So I they they take me. I'm sitting here with the. Sitting with my brother and my sister in law, and the admitting nurse, and um, she says, "So, I understand you're you're uh, feeling uh, panic, and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah." (laughs) (laughs) Talking, uh, talking. I was just talking uh, to uh, Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, no, you know, and they, she says, "Is there any mental illness in your family?" And I go, Ha-ha! "Hey Herb, Grandpa, Grandpa was, you know, Mom, and what about you, Herb? I was so hostile with <laughs> so much repressed rage." And the admitting nurse doctor says, uh, "She can, uh, she can go in." <laughs> so now. Irene, Herb, and I are walking to uh, where I'm going to be admitted, and the door opens. At the time, my name was still Rappaport. Mm -hmm. Um, And the (laughs) nurse comes out, and she says, who is Mrs. Rappaport? And I go, she is. I <laughs> point to my <laughs> sister-in-law. That's Rappaport. Take her. Take her. <laughs> 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 who is a German-American? <laughs> yeah. Goes, not that she's German, you know, not, very r- rule-oriented. Yes. So they take me inside, and I, scary, beyond scary, uh, but not brutal, not hurtful, just so, and they shoot me up with drugs to wow. bring down the panic, sure. and they do uh, make sure uh, to do all the testing, and I am pregnant. Yeah, now <laughs> I am calmer because of the drugs. Sure. And I realized that this is, I am not crazy. I just was, had a panic attack. And I things happened that were unbelievable. I literally am sitting next to a young woman my age. And I say, because I'm starting to figure out how do I get out of here, right. you know, get, right. to forget the rules. Um, I said, how long have you been here? Because uh, I was just admitted a couple of days ago. She said, well, I have been here three months. And I said, really? What? And she, I don't know. I keep talking to them. Oh, God. And I am the President of the United States. Oh, God. <laughs>
1: oh, no.
0: oh, no. My hand to God just really. <laughs> <laughs> really. And then, because it's, cause it's uh, Christmas time, the nurses dress up. In you know Santa Claus and we're singing, sting and the making it uh, and next to me in the the jingle bells caroling you know moment of that that there is another young woman who is masturbating in time to jingle bells
2: no no
0: (laughs) no no no. jingle bell (laughs) and I finally find out my brother does taken on good faith and tells Mark. And Mark is something else. Next thing he's come, not only has he come to visit me and take responsibility, the two of us, but he's also solved the problem. He knows the person who can give me an abortion. So I'm, uh, when I'm released, I, I figure out how to, you know, if you get out. In uh, fact, that, that was funny, too. My brother, God bless him. We're in uh, the car. I, I got a weekend pass, and I found out that they won't send you home if you're uh, if they've assessed. We're in the car, and I say to Herb, who doesn't know this, I'm not going back. And my brother, whenever he gets... Uh, um, anxious and uh, concerned, his voice lowers, and <laughs> he goes, uh, "Joel, I, uh, I don't know if they would like you to leave. I think you're supposed to go back." I said, "No, I really, Herb, I check this out." <laughs> and, 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 and the solution was, Mark was uh, uh, had been. All his life, he was waiting tables to earn extra money. And he was working in a quite famous comedy club in Chiefs of Day, known for discovering. It was where Joan Rivers developed her act. Oh, wow. And it was very respected. It's a very famous uh, club. And in that club, which served food and, you know, alcohol, uh, there was a uh, short order cook who also was a practical nurse oh wow, and a friend, a midget. Or if Isabella is anywhere near me, she, she loves nothing more. We have a grandma, grandma, little person. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything, but I was thinking. And now I say,
0: now I go, meh.
2: That's so funny.
0: (laughs) But in those
2: days.
0: But her name to make it even more perfect was Little Rita. (laughs) No, it was not.
1: (laughs) Oh, little Rita.
0: (laughs) And Little Rita, who did know me and did was really I actually (sighs) I call it my lucky abortion. Yeah. So point of day comes really comes to the apartment. Mark isn't there. A couple of my girlfriends are there. We've all got a bottle of wine. And this comes, now comes the part that is really, was really scary. How did they do abortions then? A enema bag filled with a solution of Fells, naphtha, laundry, Industrial strength detergent. Oh my gosh. And now it's not so funny and because the there was great pain. Oh. But again, I did abort the baby and then went back to that doctor who did do a DNC. Uh-huh. Uh and uh, who really was not a good doctor and, and you know he met his fate in because uh, he wasn't a good doctor even oh. though he, he was a very fancy doctor and then mark you know it was it was i think the only word you can say is lucky because he really was um a person who takes responsibility mm. and he really then had little Rita. Yeah. <laughs> she had, so that was the rover the you know my my wow. abortion. It was scary. It was a scary I we had I had
1: friends. I mean it was a I mean I, you must have been afraid you were gonna die. Well there was yes. a possibility. I mean that was on the table. But, yes. You know a possibility. Yes.
0: But at least it was a person of substance. Yeah. You know my brother and sister in law Irene got. Uh, they they had to drive to a gas station in New Jersey, where other women were, and they got into the back of a van. And uh, Herb can remember saying, uh, "I I hope I see her again." Oh my God. And uh, because you you real then you I, I mean, at least I was in the hands of a caring person. it was a who was get, a medical
1: professional, uh, right?
0: yeah, and knew you know or had I been mean, a medical professional. and if something got a forbid had gone wrong, nine one one, you know sure. what I mean, and then second time she had an abortion, they did have the money. They went to Puerto Rico. And they, uh, he had to pay for it in cash, and the doctor said again everything was okay. Luckily, said, "Oh, and I'll take that watch." Oh, oh my yeah. god! <laughs> oh, god, so it, it's it's horrible. It was horrible. It really was horrible. Wow. Hmm.
1: Here we are, fifty years yeah. later. Yeah, and uh, and now you and Mark have written a play. Yes, and you have a. Uh, Stone penis, yes. on on mantle, waiting for the next production. <laughs> okay. right?
0: and we're also uh, producing uh, as part. We're part of a uh, producing uh, production, but it is the first time because we've been investing in shows for the last nine years. Uh, shows and restaurants that we love, but the, now we're going to be, uh, the first time we're above the title.
1: Wow. And
0: it is on Broadway. Oh
1: my God, that's exciting.
0: It is very exciting and it is a very wonderful play called The Prom. The Prom, okay. And it is uh, just fabulous. Uh, And last night, it opened November 15th and the Reviews were fabulous and the word of mouth has been growing and but last night was the first fully sold out performance, oh, you know. Um Wow. And it it's just a wonderful. Congratulations. Yes, that's quite so, an
1: accomplishment. That's that's incredible.
0: Have learned a lot made a, you know, we made some money on we invested in on your feet and uh Back as far as a wonderful play called Peter and the Star Catcher. Okay. uh, So we've been learning uh, about something that we love. Yeah. You know. I mean, this is this is the world that we chose, and uh, and as we say, we've been we've been good to comedy, and comedy has been good to us. Mm. And Claudia and Isabel, but Mm. uh, all Jews at this point will say. In unison and spit three times. Tui, tui, tui. <laughs> Lust, lest the gods. Uh, yeah. uh, yes, but Claude is unbelievable. You mm-hmm. really, yeah.
1: So we've come to the time. Yes. Where I'm going to ask you the three questions I ask every guest and then a quick lightning round of questions. Great. So the first question is Joanne, what do you think about when you hear the word MILF? hear the word MILF, comedy
0: word, filth, (laughs) was maybe an old boyfriend. (laughs) Did I fuck someone named MILF?
1: (laughs) Do you know what the acronym stands for? No. Okay. It stands for originally, mom, I'd like to fuck. Oh, (laughs) there you go. But. But... <laughs> <laughs> but I took that, and I'm I'm also very rebellious, and I flipped it, and it does mean that, and I embrace that. Um, and and the acronym was actually taken from a porn genre that was created most likely by a bunch of men in a room, <laughs> you know, making <laughs> making writing their their porn genres. Yes. Um, but I my show is uh, moms I'd like to follow. And so, because for me, every, I feel like everything I've learned, I've learned from other moms, other women, they don't have to just be moms, I've, but, um, from moms I, that moms that I follow, Claudia was one of the first women on my list that I wanted to interview. Ah. Um, because there's just so much to learn from those who've gone before us. Yes. Yes. And so for me, it has that double meaning of, yeah, you know do I want to, do I want to fuck that mom? Do I want to be a mom that, you know, wants to be fucked? Yes. But it's also like that power of women supporting women. Yes. So that was a long explanation that I didn't mean to give. But um, what is something that you've changed your mind about recently? A combination of factors. I am
0: a um, relentless communicator.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, it's, I've been reassessing how to maybe, not maybe, how to balance it more with time that I am experiencing me. Right. Because I'm a great uh communicator and caregiver and you know uh responsibility that sometimes i am now i'm changing my mind how much do i have to yeah you know is, is is how much do i have to do yeah uh with that and how much because i do enjoy my own company
2: yes. <laughs> very much yes uh,
0: and i love to write and we're rewriting the play and um so that's enjoyable. Uh, and I want to have time for it.
2: Mm.
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: How do you define success? Define success
0: as being fortunate enough to have a vision that
2: sustains you and also to have the ability to. Grow and continue to grow into
0: your vision and uh, to um, never stop having the vision of what you would like to learn next. Mm. I embrace the fact that uh, for some <laughs> fabulous reasons, <laughs> I have been able to. Uh, continue this delightful life. Mm. And I have, I also have, I'm a
1: visionary. Mm. Yeah. I it's wonder. Like, I, I can wonder, attest to that now after this hour with you. That's wonderful. Sure. I believe in visions
0: too. Yeah. A decision of well, when Mark and I were first uh, dating, I could feel his desire f- that, for me and it and us and, but he, Mark is six years younger than I am. So there was that, you know, convention and that was, uh, I wasn't sure about and did I like, <laughs> I had never, I was the baby of the family. So, right. what is, and the, <clears throat> the Sunday paper came out, the New York Times, and there was, still from a 1920s movie two famous silent star actors and they were at a train station and she the wife was getting on the train and the husband was standing on the station and the movie was about the fact this was in the 1920s she was going she had tuberculosis, and she was going to a sanitarium. And it, they were an older couple. Mm. And it, the caption was what she said,
2: goodbye. Mm. Thank you for a wonderful life. I <laughs> said,
0: okay, that's it. <laughs> You were
1: in after that point. That's it.
0: Because uh, that I, and, you mm. know, I, uh, that's, I got it. Mm. And, and have, you know, have had it. And, and yes. of course, because I'm so twisted like my daughter and you, <laughs> I can only think, wouldn't it be funny if I went, okay, goodbye. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: totally. That's so good. Yes. I love I love moments like that. I love happy accidents or just or signs yes. like that, you know, from from some other place.
0: Yes, that picture that uh, That's and, amazing.
1: Yes, yeah. You it, were meant to see it on that day, in that moment, in that mindset. Yes. And tr- and then what he Mark didn't
0: also know, because Mark's father abandoned the family when he was two. Mm. And he was raised by his grandparents. Mm. Uh, and he knew that we were family that there was something about mm. but he didn't have that really in so every time and i had been so rejected by everybody cuz when i left david and it was so unpleasant that i had vowed to myself that i was going through this again right and then so when we would we were first married and we would have a a fight or something, and he would say, "Well, then it's over now, huh? It's over." <laughs> I would go, no, "No, no, no, Oh my gosh! We, yeah, but we're getting we we we're enjoying each other
1: more than ever right now. Mm. We really are. Okay, okay, <laughs> Lightning round. Oh, uh, good. Okay, ocean or desert?
0: Ocean. Favorite junk food. Uh, Mayonnaise, uh, mustard, condiments of
1: any kind. (laughs) (laughs) That's the best answer. Uh, Do you own a unitard? No. Have you ever worn a unitard? No. Have you ever worn socks with sandals? Mm, No. (laughs) (laughs) What's your biggest pet
0: peeve? Oh, Uh, driving in the car with my husband who is a rageaholic and one of those people who, motherfucker, move your fucking car, motherfucker. (laughs) You You can't. You can't shut him up.
1: <laughs> One of my favorite parts, there are many, from Claudia's interview, was when she was seven or something and she did she took the message down of more oh. Schwartz <laughs> yeah. and, and Mark came down. Mort Schwartz? <laughs> <Yeah>. More Schwartz! <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't sleep. <laughs> Don't you don't no. you know? More Schwarz. More
2: Schwarz.
1: And the name does everything about it. Was it was perfect. It was so, it was so, so perfect. So new. Yes. So new and there was a real Mortch sure There was. That's yes. so good.
2: Yes, yes.
1: Okay. Um texting or talking? Oh, talking. But I, I do a lot of emailing.
0: Texting, mm. not so much, but uh talking and emailing. Yes.
1: Communicator. Yes, <laughs> yes. 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 Um, Chocolate or ice cream? Ah, interesting. Uh, Both. (laughs) Uh, If you could push a button and it would create 100 years of world peace, but it would also place a ban on all beauty products forever, would you push it?
2: Wow. That's tough. Uh, Probably yes,
1: but sadly and reluctantly <laughs> <laughs> okay um would you rather have a penis where your tailbone is or a third eye ooh again what an interesting
2: <laughs> challenge
0: uh i'd have to go with the third eye yeah i think
1: i would yes yeah. yes you don't need you don't need an extra no okay no what was the name of your first pet? We are not a pet family.
0: Uh, <laughs> in fact, did Claudia tell the
2: story?
1: No,
0: um, no. We, we, we got a dog who, uh, uh, when we lived in 52 McDougal and on the fifth floor, because we felt as parents it would, would be uh, good for Claudia. To, and the dog was a combination of a poodle and a kuvas. Okay. It was truly mentally unstable and <laughs> truly we all didn't like this dog named <laughs> Pow <Pow-wow. laughs> And finally, Claudia was away at camp and Pow did have to... Uh, we, you know, we had to get a farm for power because she yeah. started to bite, uh, oh, you know. Oh. And when we picked her up, we didn't know what her reaction was. So often if we had difficult news to tell her, I would, Mark would be working at waiting tables at the Mexican village and I would come with Claudia and we would uh, share any bad news. And, and yeah. uh, this was... um. To tell her that powwow, uh, and it happened that the woman, the old Italian woman who uh, was babysat for her uh-huh. often, had died. So oh, dear. it was a double it, powwow and Mrs. Solari. Oh, <clears throat> and I uh, in those days when I, I don't really have panic disorder much anymore, but I did. I'd start to giggle when things got. <laughs> up, <laughs> And Mark, so Mark would have to tell him. <laughs> and Mark said, uh, Power, Mrs. And Claudia in that deadpan is only, uh, is he dead? <laughs> no, he said a farm. Is she dead? <laughs> yes, she is. <laughs>
1: How old was she?
0: Oh, 90s, whatever, Mrs. Oh, Solari. It. No, oh. no, no, no. How oh, old Claudia, was Claudia? Claudia was about eight or nine. At oh, that my level. God, that's adorable. And that, and because Isabelle loves cats, so the. the oh, right. uh, but we never.
1: So, but Pow Wow was your first pet.
0: Yes. Okay. And, and what was
1: the name of the street you grew up on?
0: I grew up uh, 1116 Chestnut Avenue, Brooklyn, New York.
1: So, your porn name. Should you choose to accept it? Okay. <laughs> is, is Pow Wow Chestnut.
2: I think that
0: works brilliantly. I do too.
1: <laughs> I think Pow Wow Chestnut is a detective porn star. Uh huh. Okay. I think she wears a trench coat and I think she has a long cigarette holder. Uh huh. Um, and a, she wears a fedora. Definitely. Mm-hmm. I do. I do actually
0: wear a lot <laughs> of uh, hats. I, yes, I think so. And I do smoke, which is like, uh, I, I smoke two or three cigarettes a day. Real, uh-huh. real cigarettes. Real cigarettes. And, and I'm like, uh, you know, it's so funny to have lived in a generation where uh, people... No one. The only time that I smoke uh, is Mark has a half-brother who's a drummer Uh uh, and lives in Nashville. Uh And we, once or twice a year, we visit the Nashvilleian and... And they fucking smoke and drink <laughs> and do weed and they do They're like, so, and I love them because yeah. I, not that I was, I, didn't, I never smoked that much, but yeah. I do, you know, but it is unusual. Yes. You know. For, yes. Uh, for,
1: yes. Joanne, you are a delight. You oh. are just an absolute treasure. Thank you so much. Well, so are you. This was so much fun. Oh. This was so much fun. Really
0: really was and so it's so lovely if you have things are fine to do a have a sense of who you are as you move into each stage yeah. of life and, yeah. Yeah, and I mean you know uh, this is and of course when you get to be 80 it's like you, you can't help but this is legacy for, yes, <laughs> for Isabella. It is. Yes. it is. And if you're, I don't know where you are, um, on January 16th uh, at uh, 7 o'clock at UCB <gasps>
1: Sunset. Are you guys doing Claudia
0: them? and ah! Isabella and I will be doing
1: prom I'm coming. I'm coming. Uh, yes, I'll be yeah, there. Yes. I will be there in the front row. Uh, yeah, great. I can't Excellent. wait. Thank you, Joanne. Oh, thank you. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed my conversation with Joanne. Um, Tune in next week for another exciting MILF conversation. Just a quick reminder, for every iTunes rating I get this month, I will be giving $3 to Harvest Home LA, which is an organization in Los Angeles that provides housing and training for homeless women and homeless women and their children. It's a beautiful organization. If you want to check them out, you can go to harvesthomela.org and talk to you next week. Love you guys. Thank you so much for listening.